Hey everybody, welcome to Cloud of Compass Podcast. I just wanted to give a quick caveat. I just um, did an interview with the incredible Marianne Petrie. I'm going to put her links below. She is the podcast um, host of Slam the Gavel. She talks about court corruption, judicial corruption, family courts, and she's had me on her show um, three or four times now, and I really appreciate our interviews. She's also she's also the author of uh, a few books that... Um, she wrote about her story in terms of experiencing the family courts and the corruption. And so I really highly encourage you to check out her podcast. I am sharing that episode on my podcast because what we talked about is so relevant to all of us that I want to share it um, with more people. And I, I encourage you to go check her podcast out. So we are talking um, today on the topic of being alone at the holidays and when your life is falling apart around you, how do you survive that? We're talking about it through the lens of family court and you know, not having access to your child on the holiday. However, this episode is relevant to anybody spending the holidays alone with family, without, um, with substance use, without, with trauma, without, with mental health, without uh, grieving for the loss of somebody in their world um, or not. It is just about people who are loathing and not looking forward to the holidays and how to make a home, even if it's falling apart during the holidays. So listen up. I'm excited to share this. I'm honored to be asked back to her podcast. Please go check it out. And she has been so gracious enough to allow me to share it with you. Um, I can't wait to dig into this and I hope it's helpful. Thanks. issues as well as CPS. I'm your host, Marianne Petrie. I have a return guest back on. I'm so happy to have Lori Smith back on. She was last on in October. However, she's been on my show at intervals before that as well. So we have a lot to talk about in regards to the holidays, how to approach the holidays, self-care, and uh, what counselors go through during the holidays. And and expletive. So I totally welcome you to the show, Lori. How are you? <laughs> Thank you. It is so good to be um, welcomed back to your show, but I am, I considered an honor that I've been asked back so many times. So I'm actually um, pretty good these holidays. How are you? Oh, I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> yes, but I haven't always been okay at the holidays. So I'm really glad that we're talking about this. Right, right. Some holidays, well, even for me in the past, and I don't even know how this holiday is going to go, to be honest with you. So I think that's a lot of concern for parents and even kids, teens. They don't know how it's going to go. And mental health, self-care, what do we do? In my experience in our culture, I think we have a lot of expectations around the holidays. Um, but I also feel that way about the family unit having high expectations about mm -hmm. what that should look like as well, which is perfect for this conversation, because I'm assuming most of your listeners don't have that quote unquote ideal Norman Rockwell ideal family unit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that's really hard to grasp in our world today is that we are innocently set up to fail in a lot of ways in terms of our expectations with social norms. And um, I remember, you know, uh, 
my mother was single. I was, uh, they divorced at the age of four and she was single for much of that time, but she always was striving for us to have good family, a good holiday. Um, she made magical Christmases in the midst of terroristic emotional landscapes, but that doesn't mean we had a good family. Mm -hmm. In other words, let's look at the expectations of not only what the holiday season brings and enhances, right? Like everybody's supposed to be happy. Everybody's, you know, the, the more gifts under the Christmas tree, the better, specifically in our white culture. Um, and let's unpack that a little bit because I, A, that's the first difficult thing to digest is that these things are not always gonna meet the ideal expectation that we have. And so let's zoom out a little bit. Let's, let's, um, fish that, reel that right back in and, and ask ourselves, regardless of what we should be doing, and I'm using quotes, you, know, you have a video, I forget, um, regardless of what we should be doing in a family or what we should be doing at the holidays, when do we ask ourselves what we even want at the holidays? Mm -hmm. I don't mean, okay, maybe you do want that, and by the way, I'm, I'm, I grew up with a Christmas tree, so I'm speaking about, um, you know, uh, Christmas in particular, but, you know, Hanukkah, um, Kwanzaa, anything. What do I want? Like, what is my own pace in life? What is my, do I even want to be around family at the holidays? Do I want to buy a bunch of, um, for me, <laughs> innocently, I call it useless crap, although I love buying gifts, but my joy is not in the gift. My joy is in the gift giving. And so, um, so those are just some thoughts that I have to open this up. What do you think? Oh, yes, definitely. Uh, there are expectations. I like it that you said we have been innocently set up to fail. I think in that's, I mean, in, in your podcast in particular, we are not aware when we go into the court system that it is unjust. Mm -hmm. It never has been just. It has been a system created to keep certain people with power and certain people without. Mm -hmm. If you understand that, not that it should be easy to digest, but it makes a little more sense why your case isn't going the way it, it, it should be going. Oh, I'm in the court. I should be treated fairly. And, and um, I just did a, I just came out after five years of being harmed by a mental health institution and a psychiatrist that should I was so sideswiped by the fact that like, I didn't understand what do you mean this is not going justly? What do you mean this is not going ethically? What do you mean that you're harming me and this is okay? And I mean, I would parallel that next to our court experience, but that's the first really jagged pill we have to swallow is that these are not where, if we have this idea of fairness, if we have this idea of like, you know, uh, the perfect Christmas, the perfect family, that's never really fit most of the people I know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is, again, so that's innocently setting us up to fail. Well, it's got to be, it's got to look a certain way. Well, why? Why does it need to look a certain way? It needs to look a certain way because I will be, I have a, a fear of being um, kicked out of the tribe, so to speak, right? If I do something different. Mm -hmm. If, oh, wait, where's your daughter? Oh, she, she's at her dad's this week. Oh, you must be a bad mother. I mean, just there's just all these little nuanced assumptions, but- mm -hmm. But first we need to reckon with the fact that like, whose idea is this about Christmas? Whose idea is this that we should have justice in the court systems? If you look throughout history, it's just never been that way. 
Right. And and that's that's gross. And it doesn't mean we can't do things about it. That's for 2023. Right now, we're just trying to get through the holidays. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't have to conquer the whole horse, but we do need to digest that. Be, and this is where the empowerment comes in. If it's true that these illusions that we have are somebody else's illusions, maybe they're ours. But do we even know if they're ours? I, I did a webinar a month ago that where I went back six generations with the court, the, the um, people in the course, because I wanted them to see the threads of norm, normality being, um, t- you know, in their own family. And if you look back at what we think the holiday should be, many times it is, again, it's not even our idea. It's an idea we've been sold or we've been um, conditioned through our, you know, six generations past to understand, oh, that's what Christmas means. That's what it means to have a family. And I got to tell you, I am a member of the LGBT community. I have a heterosexual relationship uh, long-term, but there was a time where I was uh, much more into the LGBT community and they just don't, they don't have the luxury of these Norman Rockwell Christmases. Mm And because of that experience, I learned a lot of different outside of the box ways to consider how I approach the holidays. Mm-hmm. The same thing with kids, you know, you're not with your family, you're not with your parents on Christmas. Well, we have to think of a lot of outside of the box ways to endure that. But one of them is grieving the fact that what we thought was real, what we thought was true, isn't, mm-hmm. it's just another, uh, it's just another spot on the the prism of truth. Mm-hmm. You know, we can look at Christmas one way really, you know, closely, but then we can shift gears and say, oh, well, what does it really mean to have a holiday? What is that all about? Why did we even start having holidays? What do I like about the holidays? What do mm-hmm. I not like about the holidays? What do I want more of? What do I want less of? What do I need? And we are not taught to ask ourselves what we need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and and that goes back to this illusion that, you know, it is a Norman Rockwell Christmas. And right. you, you drive by people's houses and you see the Christmas they, their Christmas trees in the window. And it's like, but what's it really like in their house? Exactly. Exactly. So let's get real. Let's get real. <laughs> what are you dealing with? How are we going to relate to our circumstances, specifically in times that we are being pressed to fit back in that box. Mm-hmm. How do we relate this? I spent five years in native Alaskan um, villages with um, native Alaskans who uh, back in the day, Christians came in, um, Russian Orthodox came in and there's one other religion I can't quite think of, but it doesn't matter. The point is in these villages, a lot of them celebrated Russian Orthodox holiday that mm-hmm. goes on for three weeks. Okay. So uh, I can't even imagine. That's so fun. Like three weeks of joy. Mm-hmm. But for me, that particular day that I call Christmas has been joy filled. And so when it's not filled with joy in the way that I'm used to seeing it, what do I do with that? How do I relate to that? Mm-hmm. So because because I've been alone a lot of times on the holiday and I caveat, I do not have children. I don't know what it's like to be a parent who has your um, next of kin ripped from you on these holidays. So I do want to respect that it is not easy. However, 
again, we didn't just exist to have kids. We -hmm. existed to have our own needs met. So again, back to what do I need on this day? Mm -hmm. What do I like? I will put up Christmas lights before Thanksgiving because (laughs) Christmas lights to me only are joyful. Not only that, they're very good sensory for me. I start listening to Christmas music Mm -hmm. and that's a, a coping skill that I will bring up. Whatever the holidays are, they can be very traumatic in a grief situation. Mm-hmm. Whether you've lost somebody physically and, they're de- and they've passed away or you don't have your child on that day. Um, sensory, we need comfort. They, if we look back to all of these sort of ritualistic holidays, back to even before they were Christian, they brought the community together. That was um, That's a historic thread about the holidays. They bring the people together. Mm-hmm. We have a ritual. We celebrate something. And then we transition. Those are pretty much themes. You know, the birth of this um, religious entity on that day, which, by the way, wasn't even born on that day, is a celebration of a new life. It is a celebration of new opportunities, of seeing the world differently, of experiencing it differently. Those you can do for free in -hmm. many different ways. You don't need somebody to tell you that you need a Christmas tree. You don't need somebody to tell you that you need to have your kid on that day. In fact, that's just not the reality, but it is the reality that I need to survive this day. How am I going to do it? Mm -hmm. I can do it any way I want. And that's your right. Exactly. Exactly. And responsibility. Mm -hmm. You know, people have to get creative on how to celebrate when families aren't together. You could have someone overseas in the army and you're not together. Absolutely. There was one year where my family um, zoomed me before zoom zoomed me into the family Christmas party. It was difficult because I was um, way in the middle of nowhere, Alaska, but that allowed me the experience of community. I've spent holidays with friends that allowed me the experience of community. I volunteered on holidays. That allowed me the experience of community. One year, my roommates and I made a Christmas tree out of Christmas tree napkins on the wall and had our own celebration because we were all away from the family. That's a communal thing. So one thing about family, uh, excuse me, about holidays is that they tend to be celebrated in community. I would encourage anybody to find a community. I don't care what community is. Go to Walmart and go Black Friday shopping. Mm-hmm. be with people because in, in in the capacity that you can tolerate right like I mm-hmm. I need to separate from people often but I also mm-hmm. on these days when you're feeling particularly lonely and your thoughts are going to run away with you go out to the gas station talk to the worker who's spending that day working mm-hmm. build that relationship because that reminds you that you're not alone mm-hmm. and that isn't just an experience that comes at the holidays as we know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? We feel alone and isolated and separate from people every day of the year. This is just one day that the world says, well, you got to do it this way. Not, no, you don't. Mm-hmm. And some of us can't, we don't even have that option. Like you said, if you're overseas in the military, you got to get creative. Mm-hmm. But what is it about? What does this holiday mean to me? What do I value about this experience that I can do for myself? It 
may not be, it may not look the way that you want it to. You may not have the family that you want, right? Like be great to have your kids at the holidays. Mm -hmm. But what if you don't? Mm -hmm. Let's pivot. It's not the end of the world. It's, and if we zoom out, the reality is it's one day out of the entire life of that child mm -hmm. and yours. It's one day we can make as big of a deal of it as we want, or we can make as little of a deal out of it as we want. We again have that right when we ask ourselves, what do I need today? Right. And even, uh, medical professionals, doctors, nurses, they're stuck working, you know, every, every other holiday. That's how they did our schedule. So yeah. many Christmases, you know, I was at work, but we got a free meal at the hospital. Right. Well, thank goodness. Cause nowadays <laughs> I don't know who, I don't even know what company's doing that anymore because they're so stingy. Right. Right. And but, that was right. way back when probably 2015 was the last time I worked, but, or but here's yeah. what happens. <laughs> There's a common bond that this is why AA is so helpful to those that it does help, doesn't help everybody. There's a common bond. You're in this together. You, mm -hmm. you are in a cohort. And again, if you need to spend the day alone, that's awesome. But go watch a old movie that feels warm and fuzzy. Mm -hmm. Spend the day listening to music that cheers you up. Make your own ritual. Mm -hmm. it, we, we forget that we can do that. You know, if I didn't have, I thought it, most of my life, I thought it was like almost a sin to have a Christmas tree that didn't go to the ceiling. Like that, <laughs> I, I just thought everybody that had one shorter than that was so poor. Like <laughs> my dad did not value the holiday as much as my mom. And so when I would go to his house as a child and they would, you know, they'd have a couple gifts. I'm a kid. Of course I want more gifts from, you know, my mom makes them so magical. And those experiences were so great that when I, went to my dad's and that wasn't there. It just was different. If we can tolerate that something is different, but not less than or worse than, guess guess what kind of tree? I have two small trees in my house now today. I don't even have a big tree because I don't want a big tree because I'm the one that has to put that stupid thing up. Well, you know what I do? The Because I have a couple small trees that go on tables. I yes. take I take, you know, these garbage bags and I just put them over there over the tree, take them down in the basement, and I have Me them too, all. <laughs> it's a lot easier than taking down the ornaments and all this and that. And, you know, I think, you know, I, I put a picture on Facebook of my trees in the basement with these garbage bags. Yes. And I I put out as a caption, Dexter would be pleased or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I love oh, it. Dexter would be impressed. <laughs> I love it. But let's talk about what we don't like to talk about at the holidays, which is how irritable everybody gets because they are forced to be so goddamn joyful. Yes. Yes. Right. Like, oh my, and you're like, usually the women carry the emotional labor of this. They got to go out and buy the presents. They got to worry about how to pay for the presents. They got to wrap the presents. They got to make the fucking cookies. Like, come on. Yeah. That's so <laughs> yeah. much work. It is. If you get joy out of that, that's wonderful. If it's not your thing, that's okay. And guess what? Children, they're not, they are conditioned as well to want more, more, more. Mm -hmm. The Grinch says, I mean, just watch the Grinch with them. Okay. Mm -hmm. Tell them the true story of what it means to be gift giving and, and receiving. The act of gift giving is a relational thing. It should not, it, it, it becomes a little unhealthy when we give to 
prove something or we mm-hmm. give to buy somebody's love, right? They don't mm-hmm. need the $400 iPhone. I don't even know how much they are nowadays. They might want it. They might want it because their friends have it. They might even get more expensive gifts at their par- other parents and that might be rubbed in your face. That is not what your relationship is. Your relationship is so much more than some $400 iPhone that's going to be appreciated for less than 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about poverty and not being able to afford that Norman Rockwell Christmas. Okay, fine. You know what? Baking cookies. I had a, I had a, um, a little, a little, I had a big brother, big sister relationship with a little uh, person from the local big brothers, big sisters. Mm-hmm. And every year we would come over and make cookies and she had the best time and she got to take them back to her family you know what would really probably piss off your ex? Make cookies with your kid and send them back mm-hmm. <laughs> with a big old smile on your face. Don't put poop in it like that movie. Like the <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the help, I think it's called. Yes. <laughs> but <Yeah>. like <clears throat> that, like <laughs> maybe I shouldn't tell people to do that. But like the point is, <laughs> we're having fun whether you say it's okay or not. Right. We're going to do our own thing. We'll be okay. We don't need your permission. We don't need your money. We don't need the justice system because, you know, my child and I are developing the relationship that I, again, ask ourselves, what do we want that to look like? Mm -hmm. So you can do so many things for free. Go ice skating, go, um, go drink hot cocoa. We just had a winter fest in town. Mm -hmm. Experiences change our alchemy mm-hmm. that yeah. is free yeah and as you said being around people and and like you said i'm the same way i can only handle so much of crowds yeah <laughs> a noise but um sometimes it's just nice to go into a starbucks and get i know starbucks is kind of getting expensive but you know just to there are people in there, they're all on their laptops, but even if you're just sitting there, you're around people. Yes. And some people will talk to you, you know, but it's, you know, mentioned Starbucks. Like I'm not, I I don't want to like paint the picture that I'm opposed to spending money at Christmas. I actually think going to Starbucks for yourself, if you drink coffee, I don't, but I think that's a great way to treat yourself. Listen, whoever's listening to your podcast is not, uh, their life ain't going the best. So I'm sure of it. So because of that, we are allowed to care for ourselves. Sometimes that looks like substance use. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that looks like buying a coffee. Sometimes (laughs) it looks like saying, no, I'm not going to be at your family at the holidays because that's too much for me. Sometimes it means, um, again, it just means whatever you need to get through that day. There's no judgment on how, as long as you don't harm others, right? Like let's not go to the exes and, um, you know, cause trouble, but but let's keep the eye on the prize. What do I need? The only thing that I need to do is get through this. Mm-hmm. That's my job. That's the only thing I need to do. And honestly, you don't even need to do that. Like I have a lot of, I've dealt with a lot of suicide and I would never you know, propose that as a first strategy, but sometimes it is really hard. Before that is the solution, there are many, many, many more, but we are trained to look here for solutions. And I'm suggesting they never were over there. That ideal family you thought you were going to have, 
probably wasn't even going to be the best thing for you. That mm-hmm. ideal Christmas that you want, grieve it, be sad about it. And this is your freaking day. Mm-hmm. You are a part of the day. You get to decide what to do with that day and how to spend it and how to spend the season. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you know, in Iceland, they have this ritual on Christmas Eve where they hand everybody books and they stay up all night reading. And it's just sounds so heavenly to me. Yeah. Again, a book is like less than $20. Mm-hmm. What are what are the rituals you want to create with your children? What are the rituals you want to create for yourself because you matter? Mm-hmm. Right. And when something does happen, um, grieving or, you know, family court obliterating your family, yeah. um, you know, I had to look at the holidays and I still put up the tree because it's like, well, I like the tree. Mm-hmm. I like the like you said, you. the lights. I like, you know, all of that. I decorated, even though I wasn't gonna have them. Uh, but luckily my my husband's family, he has a big family, they all came over to my house. Okay. Uh, and that was a good distraction. Yes. You know, it's you've got to somehow adapt, like a marine, you've got to adapt to all these situations. I, that word is underutilized. Yes, it is an adaptation. This is all an adaptation. You might not even like your, your husband's family, but the act of them coming over gets you out of your own head. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Again, what's my job? My job today is just to get through the day. What do I need to do that? How am I going to do that? If I need to throw something because I'm so rageful that my child was ripped from me, Go out and, um, you know, throw some darts, uh, a pool noodle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those are my favorite. Mm-hmm. Go beat a tree. Go beat something with a pool noodle, but then come back in and it might feel uncomfortable just because it's different. Mm-hmm. But let's not be afraid of that. Mm-hmm. Let's be curious about it. Wait, what? In fact, I love, I I have spent many a ritual with other people's families. And one of the things that I go into it with the mindset of, I am in somebody else's culture. What do they do in this culture? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, that's so interesting. They like black olives here, but not green olives. They um, laugh and they have like some kind of functionality going on. That's that's so like, (laughs) that used to be so bizarre to me, like that the holidays could be actually like joyous for people. Yeah. (laughs) in a family function, Mm -hmm. but it also keeps your mind busy a little Mm -hmm. bit. And it, when you're curious, it is a calmer state than, than the state of threat and, um, defensiveness, if you will. Mm -hmm. And because of that, you're going to digest a little bit more of the experience. You're going to hit the receptors in your brain to have the memory of the experience And you might even transform your idea of what that experience should be. Mm -hmm. It's like we're talking about the adaptation. Mm -hmm. It's exciting. I, this is my field. I love talking about these tools. I do acknowledge that it's not hard and I can tell, I can give you tips and tools all day, but I'd rather not. I'd rather reflect that you have the right to do it in whatever way you need to do it. Mm -hmm. That's all. This is only your rodeo. 
I don't think we're told that in the world. We're, I know we're not told that in the world, but what I mean by this is only your rodeo is again, I, there's this, I, I consider the truth to be a prism, like a, like a diamond shape. And everybody is here looking at it from one edge of that prism. Well, if we zoom out, it's, it's one big truth, but everybody sees it in a different way. This is no different. This is, this is, this is only your life. It's only your knowledge, skills, and experience. And you must be a part of it, not simply a receiver of whatever shit is coming at you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If that makes any sense. Oh, yes, it does. And this is a way to remember that you are part of that day too. Mm -hmm. You didn't go anywhere. Life may be happening to you, but you still have a say. In fact, when you decide to not buy into the, the legal system's bullshit, mm -hmm. that is empowerment. Not be, it, We're trained to trust authority figures. We're trained to, again, believe there's some justice in the system, which happens occasionally just enough to keep us appeased. But when we, like, when we clearly understand, like, this was never that normal rock, Norman Rockwell painting. Oh, now we're in a different ballgame. Now I get to have some choices about how I relate to this. I get to be angry about it if I want. I get to be sad if I want. I get to grieve if I want. I get to be enraged if I want. Guess what I also get? I also get to have a say in how I experience it. And if I don't like what you're saying, I get to have a right to my own truth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is an opportunity to reclaim what is your truth on this holiday, whatever this holiday may be why I'm saying, what is it to me? What does it mean to me? What do I want it to be? What do I want it to look like in five years from now? What's going to, what, what do I want as my memory? Do I want the memory of me crawling in bed and, and covering up in 2022? Maybe that's okay. Mm -hmm. But what if we get, again, what if we get curious, how can I make this my holiday? Mm -hmm. Not if, how? Because that, again, that's a reclamation. That's a right. That's your empowerment. That is your FU mm -hmm. to everybody who, who has tried to make it miserable. Mm -hmm. There's like, that's the justice. Right, right. Be before we got on the air, we were talking that these, these uh, courts, they schedule these trials or hearings two weeks before Christmas. I mean, I was dreading holidays. I just couldn't wait to get years over with. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you know what, if, when we look at that, that is, I can relate. Uh, and I've been there myself with other um, situations, but what happens is when we are, when we are just dreading each day, when we are hoping each day get, turns into years that we just get through and get over what is happening is that there is an internal oppression then starting to happen where we are innocently, not on purpose, but innocently giving the power to our, I'm going to call it a perpetrator. Okay. Let's say the courts mm -hmm. are the perpetrator or your ex is the perpetrator. If I'm miserable because of what you're doing to me, mm -hmm. I give you power you do not deserve. Mm -hmm. And that, I'm not saying we shouldn't be depressed or anxious or have any mental health issues about this. In fact, go to a therapist. That's, you know, talk to somebody objective. But what I am saying is let's not forget that just because somebody tells you like, okay, well, in a court document, these are the rules. Okay. Those are your rules. 
I, I still get to decide if I follow them or not. And to your point, if you don't follow them, you might end up in jail. But I, I, there were five years of my life where I would have rather been in jail than endure the abuse I in, experienced at the hands of systems that I myself worked in. Mm -hmm. I would have rather been in jail. Just give me a sentence. Let's get this. Whatever you, if you're punishing me, if you have to tell you, yourself that I deserve it, okay, fine. Let's do it and get it over with. Let's not have purgatory, but it's your purgatory because while you're telling me to do X, Y, and Z, while I'm forced to pay child support, I'm going to, with every check that I write, maybe I'm going to say a prayer to myself and I'm going to thank myself for following legal guidelines to get through this bullshit. And I'm going to remind myself that I am a parent that I want to be. I'm a good parent. F you sign the check. Merry Christmas. See you later. Mm -hmm. and, and always, yeah. And put in the memo payment upon protest. That's what I do. I love that. See, that's, that's a way to reclaim your empowerment. And I'm, I, I do not think we get rageful enough in this country. Um, mm -hmm. I think it can cause a lot of damage, but I just, I, that don't, don't give, don't let them steal your joy is right. a quote from Audre Lorde. And this is, you get to have joy. You get to have joy. Even if, even if the external circumstances are miserable, go take a hot bath. And that, I know that that comes out of my mouth and sounds so flippant. I don't mean it to be flippant. Go take a bath, nourish yourself, give yourself some Epsom salt, give yourself some smelly, you know, essential oils to, to bathe in, detoxify, put on some meditation music, mm -hmm. give gifts to yourself is my point. Mm -hmm. But those sensory experiences, like I'm talking about where we have comfy, you know, get out your favorite Christmas blanket and wrap up with it all season, get your favorite stupid bed, bath and beyond overpriced candle and, and <laughs> <laughs> that I just bought 10 of this weekend. <laughs> Like, go get your candle, have those good smells. Don't let them take that from you. They don't, they don't deserve that. Mm -hmm. They just don't. Find whatever way you can to endure regardless. Right. And I think to your comment, go out and take a walk. If you're by yourself, go and take a walk and take pictures like selfies standing by someone's house that has lights on and you're taking a selfie and post that. it on Facebook because you know they're watching you on Facebook and they want you to be miserable so you're showing yes. happy pictures even if it's it's fake or <laughs> but it can be fun I'm I I heard somewhere that if if you're really down in the dumps just put a smile on your face and it will start changing your attitude you know why that's true well, they probably told you like wherever you heard this, because when, when we, first of all, that's muscle memory. Yeah. There's not often we have a smile on our face and we don't, we're not in a calm state. Like mm -hmm. you can't be calm and in crisis at the same time. Mm -hmm. So all of these things that I'm telling you to do are ways to get calm. But yeah, when you put a smile on your face, your muscles automatically hit the neurons. The smiles have muscle memory wise trained you. And so it, that's also true with the walk, by the way, I, to your point with walking, when you walk, you do, um, there's something they've studied where your eyes go back and forth, you're scanning. And right. that is a very parallel process to what in my, um, profession is called EMDR. I desensitize, 
eye movement desensitized, whatever, EMDR, it's a type of trauma therapy. Mm-hmm. Well, if your eyes are going back and forth, they're rewiring your neurons to be aware and observe. I love your idea of taking pictures. I have a dear, dear friend for 20 years. He's been uh, alone most of his life. He will just go to an old railroad and take pictures. He'll go anywhere and take pictures. He sees beauty in everything. But also that allows him to, again, be that observational. It's almost meditative. Mm -hmm. It's almost like, I again, I'm relating to my world. It may be through the phone. But they've even done this in schools with kids where kids, they've, they say, go make videos and bring them back to school. And let's talk about them. Mm-hmm. Take a video of your day. Take pictures of your day. Take a picture of every stop. One year at Thanksgiving, I made 13 fucking pumpkin pies in the middle of Bethel, Alaska for all the taxi drivers because they were driving on that day. Oh, wow. Guess what I remember? I don't remember being miserable that day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember the fact that the Albanians don't like pumpkin pie. <laughs> oh, no doesn't matter it kept me busy Mm -hmm. kept me busy it kept me engaged with life and away from the rabbit hole of thought the rabbit hole of self-blame the rabbit hole of shame the rabbit hole of dark thoughts and it's not that we want to avoid the thoughts we want to digest them in doable chunks Mm mm-hmm And then we need to take a break and we need to go back into life. And then we come back out and we'd be sad. And then we go back into life and our husband's family comes over. My my partner's family came over for Thanksgiving and um, the father-in-law was shuffling through my cupboards for bigger bowls. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) That's what they do in this culture. (laughs) (laughs) But again, it does not have to go in that idealistic pre-fed way that we've been taught to experience these things they're our experience Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and if you have a child that you're um uh, alienated from write letters Mm -hmm. you don't have to give them to your kid write letters i just did a in fact the my most recent podcast was katie allen runs writing workshops. And we were talking about the benefit of simply writing thoughts down without judgment, but as a process for healing. Mm -hmm. Taking pictures, writing, all of those, what we call somatic experiences, dance on that day. Mm -hmm. (sighs) There are so many things that we can do to nourish ourselves, but nobody ever reminds us that we probably should be doing that Mm -hmm. or may want to for our own benefit. Right. And also, um, you mentioned dance. That helps re- get rid of a lot of uh, anger as well. Yes, it does. I have a boxing thing downstairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of those heavy bags. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yes, because you need that physical expression. I've gained 100 pounds. I have PTSD. I, w- I was heavy most of my life, but like, I- I'm not ashamed of this. Why? Because I have not been expelling all of the energy coming at me okay fine well guess what there's like I'm not worried about it there's a time where I'm going to have more energy to express these things and Mm -hmm. get them literally off of my chest but for now we just get through the day right right for now go dance go walk go celebrate something because celebrating being curious being in a calm state, 
those are um, receiving uh, types of behaviors that nourish us. Mm-hmm. We need to be aware that these situations that your your listeners are in, A, they're not permanent. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing is permanent. Mm-hmm. Okay. So nothing is permanent, but not only that, but they're, they're somebody else is writing the story here, mm-hmm. but that's not your story. That's mm-hmm. not your story. You have a story. What do you want your story to be? It may not be what you, it may not look like what you want it to be. Well, you're not, you're, tell it, mm-hmm. tell your own side of the story, write it, sing it, talk about it in meetings with somebody in a support group, go to therapy. You have a voice, you have a story, you have a life experience and somebody somewhere isn't seeing it right now. Mm-hmm. That's self-preservation. That's not, that's, that, that's a, a person to person thing. That's not, you know, like I'm not talking about children here. I'm just talking about how to assist the adults in surviving. Because if the, if the, here's what the sad reality is. It is only when an adult takes care of themselves to their full ability that they then can be present for their children. That's mm-hmm. not, that's not a Norman Rockwell thing. That is, that is scientific. If I am taking care of my own needs, I don't need a child to take care of my needs. I don't need an ex to take care of my needs. I don't need anybody else to tell me what my needs are. If I know what my needs are, I can learn how to meet them in different ways. And then guess what? When my kid comes over on the weekend and I haven't seen him in two weeks, I don't have to decompress from all the loneliness. I can just simply be there in their presence and enjoy it. Oh, well said. That was a good one. It's hard. It's Mm -hmm. hard. We're not taught that everything in the world will tell us not to meet our needs. will tell us we're not worthy to have our needs met. We're not enough. We should be ashamed to meet our own needs. But again, if, if I don't have that sort of, it's just an added layer of bullshit that I don't have to put on my kid. Mm -hmm. The the children that your audience is their children are also going through their own very difficult journey because here we have a court system designed to say there is a winner and there is a loser. There is a good parent and there is a bad parent. We are going to tell you which one it is, but that doesn't make sense to what the child is experiencing Mm -hmm. because the child's all kinds of confused about why this is happening in the first place and why mommy and daddy can't talk to each other. And all they're, they're very confused about why they're going here one day and here another. And, Okay, put them in therapy. We'll just table that for a minute. But they know. They know when mommy's not doing well. They know when daddy's not doing well. It's not, I'm not, I'm not saying that to shame any adult. I'm just saying that children are incredibly resilient and they will adapt to what the environment demands of them. Mm-hmm. There's a really good book called The Gabor Mate's The Myth of Normal. I'm doing 12 days of Gabor Mate for Christmas in my podcast. Because this book is so important, I want to go through the first 12 chapters and what it, there's no, there's no confusion anymore. What we experience in life turns into chronic illness mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of what we are asked to endure. It may be a horrible situation for your kid. Your kid needs to know, regardless of what mommy and daddy are going through, both of us love you. We show you in different ways. We have different ways of, of being in the world. You don't have to pick. Please don't make your child pick. Mm-hmm. The court will, 
but you don't need to like, there's no, why are, we don't need to compete. And I, mm-hmm. I do see that innocently. Again, that's a pro, that's a byproduct of a court saying one of you is good and one of you is bad. So now I have to prove my love. Oh, yeah. It, it, love, love is unconditional. Mm-hmm. I may not, I may have so many worries about you at your other parent's house, mm-hmm. but because I love you, I'm going to go talk to my therapist about that. Mm-hmm. We're not going to talk about it. I'm not going to adultify you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go deal with my needs, which is me as an adult trying to figure out this nonsense so that I can come back and reassure you that you will be okay. Mm-hmm. I know. Way easier said than done. I'm not suggesting these are easy things. Well, even same, I'm, you know, say, echoing what you're saying, because you, it's it's true. You have to talk to someone, your therapist, or, you know, you might be lucky enough to have a good friend that gets it. Yeah. And you can talk to them, but it's hard to do that over the holidays because they are getting ready or baking or, you know. Yes. That's why you have to pay a therapist you, and, and, you know, they have to eat too. So it's, it's very hard on these holidays on everybody and everybody's mental health, but keeping busy dancing, I'll even throw in knitting. Oh my God, Marianne, I got to send you something. There's this, there, there's this, um, showing you how to knit and it's about, um, stabbing and, and twisting and murdering and like it teaches you how to knit it's like so subversive it's awesome but um yes knitting is another one I have always claimed that I live in the land of misfit toys do you remember reindeer or or Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer yeah yeah they don't watch that anymore but the land of misfit toys Mm -hmm. just are different toys they're not less than they're not you know whatever throwaways but let's take the again Yes, your typical support system may be gravitating towards their community, but as this, they can't possibly understand what you're experiencing because they're not experiencing it, for one. And that means you may find reprieve in somebody else who can understand it, Mm -hmm. right? Again, if we go to the AA model of um, mutual aid groups and, you know, coming into a circle for a, a um, an hour and talking about things. I wish that we had that, that wasn't alcohols anonymous. I wish we had that in general Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for like a debrief for everybody at the end of the week, but we don't. So go to Starbucks, strike up, strike up a conversation with the, with the worker, buy gift cards, go to Walmart. Every year I do $5 gift, um, coffee cards for my clients, right? Like Merry Christmas. Thank you for your business. Um, Mm -hmm. please go treat yourself. hand out gift cards to strangers. Giving Mm -hmm. gets us outside of ourselves, connects us to others. And just that basic human experience of you don't owe me anything. And I don't know, owe you anything. And the world is crazy, but go have a coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Smile. And that alone could sustain you for the day. Mm -hmm. It it doesn't need the doesn't need to be a big experience, mm-hmm. but again, make it yours. Get creative. Mm-hmm. And when you make someone else happy, even though you're miserable, cause I've been yes. there and um, 
you know, my mother said, just go in and make somebody else happy. Yeah. So I went in and, and I worked and I did make other people happy and it changed your mood. It was weird. It changed your mood. It reminds us of our humanity. And I really want to be cautious here because I, women carry the emotional labor in most situations, specifically at Christmas. So this is not about people pleasing. Okay. This is not the, um, I need to perform to make somebody happy. This is, I'm giving a gift because an exchange, a human exchange, like I'm craving, I'm human exchange has been neglected this year because of this court system or whatever. And I just want to connect with somebody. Mm -hmm. This is the same principle as pay it forward or when you're maybe at Timmy Hortons or McDonald's and you pay for the person behind you Mm -hmm. and then you find out they have a $20 order, but (laughs) (laughs) but it's the same thing. One little, we just need little snippets of celebration. We need little snippets of joy. We need little snippets to remind our nervous system. Oh, that's what it's like to be calm. That's what it's like to be joyful. Because again, if we are, if we're under the illusion that the courts are going to save us or that our ex is going to play nice or mm-hmm. that our kids going to be happy at Christmas or that everything's going to go according to plan. I don't know when that's happened in the world. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I, 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 even when you think it's happening with somebody else, you don't know the full story. Trust me. I'm a therapist. Right. Right. You're right. You're right. And what was the name of that book that you said Gabor Mate, The Myth of Normal. Okay. Um, it's his latest one. And it and it really just talks a little bit more deeply um, about trauma and how, no, literally, it changes our telomeres, which it's some scientific term. It, it, women who have repressed anger have a higher risk of autoimmune diseases like um, MS, fibromyalgia, all of these things. And so it really behooves the audience, like behooves the country to read this book. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to do the first 12 chapters in my podcast, but I highly recommend you get the book and look him up. He also talks about trauma and substance use in other books, and he is really changing the landscape. He himself will say, as a doctor, I am not trained to ask my my um, patients what's going on in their life. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we go to a doctor and we want a pill because that's what we're trained to do. And the doctor's trained to give it to us and the doctor's trained to diagnose, but we're not connecting the dots here between mind and body. We, you, you, uh, your, my physical body, um, I have pain in my back. I have lower back pain. Okay. Well, nobody asks us what's going on in our life. Nobody asks us, you know, are we taking care of our mental health? Are we, you know, I will say that it's true in my practice. I was a certified diabetes educator for 10 years, um, as well as a behavioral health therapist. And it is true that we hold things in our body that if we do not express and let go, will be a chronic illness to your, to your experience, your heart attack. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't want to like put us all on a, a, um, I don't want to make this a crisis or an emergency. This has been going on, you know for at least a hundred years. But the point is that we have medically separated the mind and body. So mm-hmm. we treat them separately. So if somebody has depression, we're not asking what physical ailments they have going on. It, the doctors, 80 some percent of psychiatric medication is given by a primary care physician. They're not, they don't have the time to ask you about your life. Mm-hmm. So you come to somebody like me and please, if that person is not listening to you, get another therapist. Mm-hmm. If that person 
does not understand or you're feeling in your gut not safe, it takes a lot to say no to a therapist who's harming you. I've had that experience myself. And no is a full sentence. It's something that many of us, unfortunately, didn't say sooner, mm -hmm. which got us innocently into these situations that we didn't cause, but they're a byproduct of us maybe not having boundaries, maybe not taking care of our mental health. Maybe, you know, I, I can see a situation where you're in a, in a marriage because, again, you want that Norman Rockwell, but it's you know it's not helping you. Again, this isn't about blame. This is simply like we're not taught to say no. We're not taught to set boundaries. We're not taught to step up for ourselves. And we're really not taught that we are fully capable of meeting our own needs if we're given the opportunity to do so. In fact, it's a double-edged sword because we're taught to go to somebody like me. Okay, mm -hmm. oh, go go behind a closed door and talk about it with a stranger, which can be very beneficial. But don't bring it to the Christmas table. Don't mm -hmm. bring it to the holidays, right? Like we're going to pretend that you're okay at the holidays. And you're supposed to buck up because we have that in our culture, like just toughen up. It's fine. You can't, you don't have the emotional bandwidth to explain to somebody how difficult it is to go to a fucking family party mm -hmm. when all you want is your child that somebody has ripped literally from your womb sometimes mm -hmm. and, and blames you for it. Mm -hmm. By default, that's not the crowd you need to be around. Mm -hmm. You need to be around, again, nurturing. And if nobody else is going to nurture you, please do it yourself. Nourish, nurture do these things that take you out of your momentary experience. And if we zoom out, let's be honest, like, again, like, like I said, this is one day in one year mm -hmm. of an entire lifetime. So in the grand scheme of things, do an experiment. Let's take 80 years old, for example, 80 times 365. I don't know the number, do it on your calculator. 80 times 365 divided by how many days you've been away from your kid or alone. And I want you to do the percentage because again, what the brain will do is say, I'm lacking. I'm without, I'm in crisis because I don't have my child. And what you might find is that the percentage that you've been without your child is, I don't, I'm going to guess 10% or less, even 20% or less out of hundred percent. That's a really good percentage to me. Then I want you to take that a step farther and I want you to get your 2023 calendar out and I want you to mark every fucking day that you get through and I want you to celebrate the wins that you have mm -hmm. and see how that, just, just get curious and see what that does for you. Mm -hmm. How many days that you survived only, we're only counting survival. We're not, not, this has nothing to do with quality. We're counting the days that I survived. This is how, the, this is how I learned to not drink actually. Because abstinence model was saying, oh, yeah, don't drink, don't drink, and um, celebrate the days you don't drink. And I needed to celebrate that I chose not to, mm -hmm. that I wasn't going to, that that I I celebrated that I used other coping skills, that I mod, model, um, regulated my nervous system that day. I didn't celebrate that I was without alcohol. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why would I do that? That's stupid. I like yeah. drinking. Yeah. I'm not going to celebrate that I'm without my kid. I'm going to celebrate that I made it through today. Mm -hmm. And I nourished myself in other realms 
to the point where, yes, it's sad that I don't have my child, but I'm still a person. Mm-hmm. That's a win. Mm-hmm. Count your wins. That and matters. I think, right. I think there are wins in people's lives that they don't even recognize. Right. Because the trauma clouds it over. Like the, I, my, my second business is called Clouded Compass because we have, we, we know what we need, but nobody ever asks us. It's very deep down and it's clouded by our life experiences. Mm-hmm. If, if you have this big looming case and you're under threat every day from this case, please do yourself a favor and go sometime during that day teach your nervous system how to be calm again because it forgets and then it experiences everything like a crisis and then what happens with P- like i have ptsd so mm-hmm. when i go into a store and i'm overstimulated i will get very angry and irritable mm-hmm. i used to hate that i used to be and and i think i see this in a lot of parenting right like nobody's perfect parent every day you yell at your kids you you say the wrong thing and then you feel shame about it okay First of all, it's one moment in time. But second of all, notice what is notice what your triggers are. Mm-hmm. Why am I getting irritable? Oh, right. There's a, so much coming at me that I have not stabilized yet. Mm-hmm. I can help myself do that. I can help myself regulate. I can I can tune out the world. I can. Um, there's about ten minutes a day that I um, just get real dark and I put ear earplugs in and I just just chill for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. What that does for my nervous system is way more than alcohol ever did. It's mm-hmm. way more than seeing your kid under stressful circumstances, but it reminds you that you like focus on your breath, focus on your heart, touch your own body so that you actually remember that you exist mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. this stuff will have you thinking that you not only do you not exist, but you're not worthy of existing. It's all your fault for existing. And why are you even here? And then you're going to get to suicidal thoughts because it's all like life is a twilight zone Mm -hmm. in these experiences. Okay. But if we know it is a twilight zone, at least we can remember that maybe we're not the only crazy one here. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. I'm in a crazy situation. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean I'm necessarily crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. It's, it's very um, gross. Mm-hmm. It's very gross that we live in a world that will um, criminalize and pathologize people, people, not char- not characteristics, not behaviors, but people themselves. But we don't even have to do that because we, we don't even have to do that overtly. Because again, when you go to the court and you come home and, oh God, I, uh, how did I get here? Why did I let this happen? You know, all these things. Then you just start abusing yourself. And that's just, they don't, whoever your perpetrator is, they do not deserve that much attention. Right. Go figure out with a therapist if it's your fault or not. Mm -hmm. I have a lot to say on fault and shame, but that's a different episode. Oh yeah, we'll do another podcast. Yeah, like I just think it's, let's not lose ourselves and we will get into this very tunnel vision because Again, trauma is a very either or thing. If I don't have my child, it means X, right? Good or bad. I'm the bad parent. The court said this. What? Like, this is so unjust. I. It should be just. If we get into this very tunnel vision, we do easily forget that we are a human that suffers. 
other people suffer, we also have the capacity to heal. Mm-hmm. Both are true. It is both and. Both this is a shit show and I'm a good parent. Mm-hmm. Both I'm in jail and I love myself. I didn't do anything wrong here. Or maybe I did and I'm okay with it. Like both, both my kid hates me today and I'm still a full human and my child is one part of me. Right. And even if, how do you say this? Your child does not define you because, okay, say you're in yes. an intact marriage. Let's say you you had a good marriage these kids are going to grow up and go to college and you're going to be empty nesters. So they recommend to parents is to focus on each other and don't give the kid all the attention because they're going to grow up and leave. You're going to have your spouse probably until you drop dead. And you know, what's funny. I just saw these studies go through Facebook where like, Oh, the amount of time you spend with X, Y, and Z at work with your kids, with your spouse, it turns out that you spend the most time with your spouse. So you better make sure you like them. Right. Because there's going to be a point in time where you're going to have to be the caregiver or the care receiver. Mm -hmm. And your spouse's job is not to meet your needs. Mm -hmm. Your job is to meet your needs. Maybe ask your spouse to meet your needs, but there are many other ways to get your needs met. In other words, there are two humans in a relationship that come together and be mutual. That Mm -hmm. does not mean that, I only exist as a wife and I only exist as a husband, go have a bowling night, go have a knitting night with your, your friends. You know, like, again, that's, that's awesome. Have a good solid relationship with your marriage, but the marriage ain't all that is either. Mm-hmm. And how can they, 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 your, your partner could drop dead tomorrow. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do then? Mm-hmm. What do I need? How do I care for myself? Nobody teaches us these things. The audacity for a woman to take care of herself in today's time, and I'm not talking about those stupid, um, well, maybe I am, the stupid little bath um, candles that I bought. What The audacity for a woman to really stake and lay claim to her own ability to take care of ourselves defies everything we've ever been taught and conditioned mm-hmm. going back generations. Mm-hmm. And so it's revolutionary what I'm talking about. I believe it's revolutionary that when we are pointed inward. What do I need? How am I feeling? What, you know, am I off? Am I self-regulated? Is it good for me to be in crowds? Is it not good for me to be in crowds? How am I the best parent? How am I not the best parent in some ways? You know, do I like making cookies at Christmas? Do I not? The more we check in with ourselves, Mm -hmm. the more we build that relationship with self, which that is what you're, that is the only thing you're going to the grave with. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing. If we're not relating to ourselves in a kind way, Somebody somewhere told us that wasn't okay. Mm. I don't, I'm, I'm too much of a rebel. Mm-hmm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm an F you, F you, mm-hmm. you, you want me, you want me sick and suffering. You want me addicted to alcohol. You want me overweight. So I need a medication. You want me to depend on the judge to determine if I'm a good parent. You want me to trust your system. No, I, I've just been around too much. Mm-hmm. I have a right and responsibility. And that's really the, the essence of I, our country, if you will, like I, it gets it all confused, right? Like we're, we are independent beings, but we don't exist outside of the community. 
it is a give and a take. And when these things jar our experience, we feel rejected from the tribe. We The, the three things needed for empowerment are um, uh, new education so that you can learn new skills. And then with those skills, you practice and you gain confidence. But those can only happen if you're in relation to something. They can't happen in a vacuum. Right. So if I'm kicked out of the tribe and I'm, uh, you know, uh, feeling isolated and alone and different, I better find something to help ground me in the idea that I am part of something greater than myself. Mm -hmm. Now, that's historically been fulfilled by churches, but I'm suggesting it can be fulfilled by a lot of communities. Mm -hmm. I mean, my goodness, again, just go to the school and volunteer. Go to a homeless shelter and feed people that day. Go to Starbucks, go share $5 gift cards, you know, buy five of them and just see, just get curious how many people smile when you give them to them. Mm-hmm. But those are all the things that you can do to reintegrate. And nobody needs to tell you, to, nobody need, you don't need anybody's permission. I don't, I don't need anybody's permission when I listen to Um, there's a playlist I listen to in the morning. There's a playlist I listen to at dishes. Why? Because I don't really look forward to getting up some days. Mm -hmm. And this trains my nervous system to be in a calm, curious state of mind. Mm -hmm. I loathe doing dishes. Guess what I focus on when I do dishes? My music Mm -hmm. gets the shit done. Right. Right. But I'm choosing that the more choice we have, the more empowerment we have. And that it just quite simply isn't going to be given by the world. I'm so glad we did this podcast. I hope it was helpful. <laughs> oh, amazing. I can't wait for our next one. Oh, Marianne, I love coming on here. I I would like, um, yeah, if anybody has any feedback on topics they'd like us to cover, uh, I just think that these things are not talked about. These are the things that I deal with in my practice every day with people. Um, these, this is a tough time. Let's acknowledge that. Let's feel that in digestible increments, and then let's reclaim our right to our own joy. Mm-hmm. Well, that's said. a God-given. That that that's a human right. <clears throat> I'm also a human rights consultant now. <laughs> anyway, well, hey, uh, I will put all your contact information in the podcast notes. Thank you so much for having me on. It's an honor. I hope it was helpful. It was beyond. This was beyond. But don't jump off, okay? Okay. Thanks, Marianne. (laughs) Slam the Gavels, a podcast to help the public understand what really goes on in these family courtrooms. I'm your host, Marianne Petrie, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption, Why Taking the Kids Was Not Enough, and Cry Out for Justice, Poems of Truth. Please join me again here with Lori Smith in the future and all her wisdom. I totally thank you, Lori. Thank you, and happy holidays, whatever you decide to do with us. Happy holidays to you, too. This is Lori Smith, your host. You want to know more about me? Do you want to work with me? Do you like what I have to say? Um, Do you want to write me hate mail? Check me out on social media. I'm at Cloud Encompass 2021 on TikTok. 
at Cloud Encompass 2021 on Instagram, I started this podcast because I wanted to share my knowledge, skills, and experience as an LMSW of 20 years. I am a survivor of help that harmed. I have had mental health issues. My ACEs score is high. I've had a history of trauma, but I also have some professional skills, knowledge, and experience that you might benefit from. I have been a certified diabetes educator for 10 years. I have worked in um, doctor's offices as a care manager with chronic health issues. I am certified. Um, I'm a certified anxiety treatment provider, certified um, trauma provider, certified in compassion fatigue, addiction informed mental health, and most recently a human rights consultant. I am the author of the book Life Hacks with Life Hacks: Tips and Tricks for Accessing Your Inner Resilience. I am the owner of Resilience Coach, which is an outpatient behavioral health therapy. And most recently, I am the owner of Cloud of Compass Coaching Consulting. Um, which is part of this podcast. I have courses in um, recovery-oriented material, uh, neurodivergent um, information coming in. So I have courses, I have webinars, I have um, guests on my podcast, I have merchandise coming out soon. I have a link tree on my social media where you can access all of these things. I'd love for you to learn more about me. Love to you to for you to see if we are a good fit for working together. And in the month of December, I am hosting a half off special of my of my signature course um, because I want to share this information with the world. It is a six week course with 12 sessions, um, 12 videos of me. Um, again, I'm a little neurodivergent, so it's a little, um, it's not what you're gonna expect from a course on transformation, but it is useful information. It is what I have found practical in my practice. It has the 12 video sessions, but it also has 200 page workbook of tools for self-regulation. And we teach how to uncover your own innate skill set. This is why I called my company Clouded Compass, because there are things that we have not been pointed towards. And once we align with our internal assets, our life becomes um, a little bit, uh, uh, um, we become empowered, period. So check me out. Check me out on all my social media. Please leave comments. Let me know what you think. I would love to hear you, um, see you join my course. And please leave comments about the podcast too. I'd love to know what your favorite um, podcasts are, which ones you think really suck. And let's build community together. Let's educate, empower, and evolve. And let's uncover your own innate assets. Stay tuned.